Do you see that the plain speaking of a loving father who knows his sons and is well aware of the particular battles that each of them faces, that plain speaking is a wonderful blessing to each of these men. They would never forget what was said by the old man in his dying hours. Blessing is more than saying kind and soothing words over a cup of coffee. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick, and Colin, when we think about the word blessing, we tend to think about kind words and positive, affirming thoughts. But as you say here, that isn't exactly what Jacob was doing. What was happening when Jacob blesses his sons? Yeah, here's Jacob in his last hours or days. And uh, he's not just saying to his sons, hey, you're a bunch of good guys. Uh, What he does is he speaks uh, with the inspiration of the Spirit of God in such a way that there's insight and strength and genuine encouragement and sometimes warning that comes to these boys. He, He knows them. And because he knows them and because he's been walking with God, he's able to speak into their lives in a way that's profoundly helpful. That's a marvelous gift. And I think we want to encourage that in our relationships. I'm so grateful for folks who have spoken with insight into my life because they know me, they love me, and they're able to say a strong word at a time where a strong word is needed, a tender word at a time when a tender word is needed. Any Christian can do this. And I think that today's program is going to be an encouragement to help us minister to one another more effectively. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 49, continuing the message, Troubled and Dependent. Here's Pastor Colin. The plain speaking of a loving father who knows his sons and is well aware of the particular battles that each of them faces, that plain speaking is a wonderful blessing to each of these men. They would never forget what was said by the old man in his dying hours. I know what I have to be on my guard. I'm blessed, and he warned me, and I'm going to carry that with me throughout the rest of my life. What a blessing that is. Blessing is more than saying kind and soothing words over a cup of coffee. It involves the kind of spiritual discernment in a relationship of love and of trust, perhaps over many years, to be able to speak the truth in love, with discernment, with insight. And that's exactly what Jacob does here. And it's a tremendous blessing. Verse 28, he blessed them with the blessing that was suitable to each one. That's what these lads needed to hear. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, you are blessed. And... You need to be warned. You need to be on your guard. You need to be wide awake to where Satan's seeking to gain the advantage over you right now. Second, you are blessed and you need to be challenged. You are blessed and you need to be challenged. Now, this relates to Zebulun and Issachar, and Zebulun is in verse 13. Look at that. Zebulun shall dwell at the shore of the sea. He shall become a haven for ships, and his border shall be at Sidon. Zebulun, you will be positioned so that you can bring blessing to people from all over the world who I will bring to you. Now, I don't have time to tell you the details of the story that followed. 
But here's the headline. Zebulun, when the tribe got into the promised land generations later, did not press all the way to the coastal lands. They did not drive out the inhabitants of the coastal lands. You have this in Judges in chapter 1. What they did was they stopped short off the coast and they lived inland. Now that is why I say of this prophecy that these folks were blessed, but boy did they need to be challenged. You see, if you were a descendant in the line of Zebulun, if you were in that tribe and you came and you read Genesis 49, your eyes would be wide open. You'd say, we were meant to be living by the sea. We were meant to have an international ministry to folks on ships that were coming and why in the world are we all living in land? And the answer to that question is because previous generations in our family were too half-hearted. It was too tough for them to drive out the enemies when God said that they were to do that. And because they were so half-hearted, that's why we're where we are today. And if you were born into the line of Zebulun and you saw that from Genesis in chapter 49, how would you pray as a result? You would surely pray like this. You would say, oh God, I see that we are here where we are today because of the half-heartedness that has gone ahead of us. Lord, make us a generation that is wholehearted in pursuing every opportunity that you will open up for us in our time. Don't let us be like a generation that that settles short of pressing in to all that you would hold before us. Don't let us be like that. Because what we see from the scripture is that you have more for us, more opportunity than that which we have yet apprehended. So they're blessed, but boy, they need to be challenged. And the same is true for Issachar. Look at that in verse 14 and 15. Issachar is a strong donkey. Now look at what the strong donkey is doing. Crouching between the sheepfolds. What's a man of strength doing sort of crouching and hiding between sheepfolds? He's not standing up. He's not deploying his strength. He's hiding himself, you see. And why? Well, here's what that's all about. Verse 15, he saw that a resting place was good and that the land was pleasant. Now, you see the point of this. Issachar, you are strong. Your strength could be deployed to bring blessing to others. Your strength could be used in the advance of God's great purpose in the world. But here's the problem. You like your own comfort way too much. Zebulun, Issachar, you are blessed. But oh, you need to be challenged. Because in both of these tribes, what actually happened was so much less than what might have been if they had pressed into all the purpose of God. And some of us here today, that's exactly what we need to hear. We've set ourselves on the dream of uh, finding a pleasant place and being comfortable and, and somehow lost in the middle of all of that. 
any driving sense of the great purpose and mission to which God has called us all. So some blessed and needing to be warned. Some blessed in Christ, really needing to be challenged. Deploy your strength. Press into all that God has for you. Third, some are blessed and need to be encouraged. And perhaps this is for you especially today. I'm grouping here Dan and Gad and Asher and Naphtali. And what they have in common is that these short prophecies to these four sons all relate to a particular area of gifting that was given by God. And again, it would have been very helpful for people in future generations in these tribes to look back and to see what God had given by nature that might then be deployed for the great purpose of his grace. In regards to Dan, which I've described this as gifts of wisdom, Dan shall be a serpent, verse 17, in the way, and a viper by the path. This is one of the places where in the Bible the image of the serpent is used in a good way. Remember Jesus said you are to be as wise as serpents. The cunning, the wisdom, the shrewdness, the thinking of the serpent being commended by the Lord Jesus. And I think that's the point of the image here. And its significance is that Dan was one of the smaller tribes. Little Dan. And here's what is being said. Can I put it this way? Dan, you are one of the smaller tribes, but do not let anyone look down on you. Remember that a little snake can bite the heel of a huge horse with such venom and with such power that someone proudly sitting on the horse as its rider may be tumbled backwards and brought to the ground. Dan, let no one look down on you because of your smallness you can accomplish by the grace of God much more than you think. Then to Gad, gifts of strength, raiders shall raid Gad, but he shall raid at their heels. That's verse 19. And the significance here is that when God's people came into the promised land, Gad was one of the tribes that settled on the east side of the Jordan which meant that if enemies or raiders came from the east, as they often did, Gad and the others on the east side of the Jordan were the kind of first line of defense, protecting the other more westward tribes uh, from these raiders. They took the brunt of the fight every time. And they had the strength and the resilience to do it. And it was a remarkable gift from God that wonderfully served the rest of their brothers and their sisters. Gad, here's your ministry. You're going to be a protector of others. And some of you will immediately say, yeah, yeah, that's what God's called me to do. That's who I am. And God has positioned them, the tribe of Gad, for this particular ministry. The raiders come, and you know what? Gad chases the raiders off. That's what's said in this verse. Asher, gifts of service, verse 20. Asher's food shall be rich. And he shall yield royal delicacies. If you were to choose where to live in terms of the tribes, go for Asher. They lived in the most fertile part of the land of Canaan, north of Mount Carmel. And they lived by the sea. So they had the harvest of the land and they had the harvest of the sea. They had an absolute abundance 
Boy, you could stock your kitchen really well if you lived in the tribe of Asher where they settled after the conquest of Canaan. And to them, notice that they do not only enjoy these good gifts, they share them with others. Asher yields royal delicacies, yields, gives up from what has been given. That's what's being said here. Gives that which is fit for a king. That's what's being said. So here's the special word for Asher, and it will be a word for some here today, abundantly blessed. Asher, I have given you an abundance, and your special calling is that out of that abundance, you should give back generously to others for the glory of God. You should be offering that which is fit for a king. And then Naphtali, and I've used the phrase here, gifts of compassion. These are all different gifts that God is giving to different people. Naphtali is a doe, verse 21, or a deer let loose that bears beautiful fawns. Hard verse to translate. It might be, there's a footnote in the ESV, says it might be speaks beautiful words rather than bears beautiful fawns. I, I don't know. It's, it's very complex and would be well beyond me. The scholars can't agree on this. But either way, whether it's bearing beautiful fawns or speaking beautiful words, the deer conveys an image of grace, tenderness, gentleness. That's why I'm using the word compassion. Naphtali, I have given you a special gift of compassion. There's people here who have this. You have the ability, because of your own tenderness, to come alongside a person who is hurting and wounded and And they will open up to you and you have the kind of sympathy that enables you to speak into their lives. You may underestimate the importance and the value of this gift, but it is a gift from above. Use it for the good of your brothers and sisters. So Dan, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, you're all blessed. And God has gifted you that you may contribute to the advance of his great purpose and his great work. So we've heard how you're blessed and need to be challenged, how you're blessed and need to be encouraged. And in a moment, we'll look at a third point, so I hope you'll be able to stay with us. This is Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message Troubled and Dependent, part of our study into the life of Joseph called Snapshots of a Godly Life. If you ever miss any of these broadcasts, or if you just simply want to go back and listen again, you can do that by going to our website, openthebible.org.uk. You can download any of the previous messages, or simply stream them online. Now let's get back to the message. Here's Pastor Colin. Now here's the last thing. You are blessed, and you will be honoured. And there are three brothers who are singled out for special honor. Two of them uh, will be no surprise uh, to us. Benjamin and Joseph, who come last in the list, uh, were very special to Jacob because they were born through Rachel, who was the great love of his life. And we've seen that again and again in the story. The last to be mentioned is Benjamin, verse 47. He's a ravenous wolf in the morning and devouring the prey and at evening dividing the spoil. What a gift Benjamin was to the family. 
He was the youngest, the last to be born, but oh, how thankful they must all have been for Benjamin. If you trace the contribution of the tribe of Benjamin through the Old Testament, you will find that again and again, when the people of Israel had their backs against the wall and trouble was coming, in the thick of the fight and in the heat of the battle, who stepped up? The tribe of Benjamin. The last shall be first. They were, they, they were out there in God's amazing grace with tremendous courage, and they're commended for this in this prophetic word. It's also interesting that um, the tribe of Benjamin produced some amazing leaders uh, in the subsequent generations. Queen Esther, related to Mordecai, we're specifically told that he was from the tribe of Benjamin. And then there was someone in the New Testament came from the tribe of Benjamin. Who was that? The Apostle Paul of the tribe of Benjamin. And then Joseph is wonderfully commended here for his fruitfulness. Verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful bough. The blessings of your father are mighty. Verse 26, may they be on the head of Joseph and on the bough of him who was set apart from his brothers. And Joseph is pictured here as being crowned on the brow. Blessing, glory, honor that is coming to him in the presence of the Almighty. All that he suffered, and yet God is no one's debtor. Now, I was just thinking about this. You know, if Joseph could be here today, and if we could put him out in the foyer there, and if we all had a chance to ask him our questions, I think there'd be a long line of us. We'd wait a long time to speak to him, and we'd ask him, I think, questions like this. You know, can you give me some help with how to forgive my brothers? Can you tell me how you got over, you know, the healing of these wounds and the terrible things that were done to you? Because I, I, I do struggle with that. And some of them might say, you know, how did you cope with your old dad when he was so grumpy, you know, miserable, and my years are few and evil. And, you know, I've got a, I've got a relative who isn't very easy and very happy. We, we'd ask all these questions. And you know what I think Joseph would say? You know, it all seems rather a long time ago to me now. Because uh, since then, I've, I've been 4,000 years nearly in the presence of the Lord. And the sheer joy and the glory of his presence, it just seems to have made all of that somehow slip away. The passing troubles of this life that we experience, Paul says, are working for us an eternal weight of glory, an eternal weight of glory that will far surpass them all. And then the very last you knew that I would keep this for the last if you're following here is, of course, Judah, and you know why it's last. What was special about Judah? Only one thing, that it was into this line that Jesus Christ was born. And that's the reference in verse 10, that the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until tribute comes to him. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. That's why in verse 9, there's reference to the lion, the lion's cub, pointing forward to the book of Revelation, where Jesus Christ is unveiled as the lion of the tribe of Judah, the one who holds the scepter in his hand. And he is the one to whom the obedience of all the people, people from all nations will come and offer to him obedience and worship. 
So to gather this together in this last minute, for what purpose does God have you in this service here today? Some of us are blessed, we're in Christ, but you need to be warned. Sin is crouching at the door. And God's purpose for you today was that you would be reminded of what is in your flesh so that you will be ready to be on your guard this week so that Satan does not gain the advantage over you. Some of us, we are blessed, we're in Christ. Oh yeah, but boy, do we need to be challenged. We've settled down for what's comfortable for us. We have not pressed into all the opportunities that God holds before us. We have not yet deployed our strength in a way that would enable us to look back on life and and to say that we had offered our best to Christ. Years are passing. When are you going to do this? You're in Christ. You're blessed. But you really need to be challenged. And then some of us are blessed. We're in Christ. We need to be encouraged. You, You tend to undervalue your gifts. You tend to feel that you're... Ministry can't possibly matter. Enough of that. Be done with that. And deploy what God has given to you for the blessing of others and for his praise and for his glory. And some, you're here because you are not yet blessed. And the reason that you're not yet blessed is that you're not yet in Jesus Christ, the blessed one. You've not submitted yourself to this one who holds the scepter in his hand who lays claim to the obedience of your life. And the word of God to you today is that God has exalted this lion of the tribe of Judah to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, including your knee. And the word of God to you today is therefore an invitation, a call, even a command, that you should come to the Lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ, who was crucified and is risen, that you should kneel before the one who holds the scepter in faith and in repentance, that you should pledge unconditional obedience to him for the rest of your life, knowing that in him you will be blessed. The blessing of God in Christ will be yours. It's good to know that when we come to Jesus, he will not turn us away. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith, and maybe as you listen, you realize you don't know this Jesus, but you feel you'd like to come to him. You can do that by simply praying and asking him to come in. We would encourage you, though, to talk to a trusted Christian friend or family member, or to visit a local church and speak to the minister or any of the church members. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners, and we want to thank you. If you'd like to set up a regular donation to Open the Bible of £5 per month or more, we would love to send you a copy of a book, You Can Trust God With Your Story, Embracing the Mysteries of Providence. And Colin, I know this was written by your longtime friends Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth and Robert Walgamuth. Yes, indeed. Uh, Nancy has long been a friend of Karen and myself as her her husband, uh, Robert. And I'm absolutely delighted to be able to offer this book that they've collaborated on together. Nancy is a wonderful and insightful Bible teacher. And Robert is a wonderful writer as well. And in this collaboration, they've brought together a collection of stories from the Bible and also a collection of stories 
from Christian experience. And what these two together do is they draw out how God works in the lives of his children, especially in things we don't understand. It's a wonderfully helpful book for anyone who's saying, what is God doing in my life? What is God doing in the world? It deals with God's providence, and it reminds us that God is the one who writes the story of his children's lives. Find out more, including how to give online at openthebible.org.uk. If you've been blessed by today's message or if you have any comments or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at openthebible.org.uk. For Colin Smith and Open the Bible, I'm David Pick, and I hope you'll join us again next time. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners. For details, go to openthebible.org.uk. You're a Christian, but when something bad happens to you, you wonder, is God punishing me? Find out why, next time on Open the Bible.